Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Child Whisper Podcast. It's great to be with you. The beginning of this week, I am broadcasting from the North Shore of Oahu, where we've had amazing weather here. And I'm sending you love and sunshine and warmth from a beautiful place on the planet. Today, we are talking about a topic that I think is pertinent to all humanity, um, whether you're a parent raising children uh, actively, they're still in your household, whether you're a parent of adult children or you're parenting yourself in your own recovery and healing process. The topic today is how and why children, and I threw in the addition that I want to talk to you about um, in the podcast actually, is adults even overdevelop their secondary energy. And this is referencing my energy profiling um, model where there's four dominant types of nature, inner movement that we're born with. Type one is upward and out. Type two is soft, subtle, flowing. Type three is active, reactive, push forward. And type four has a more constant, still, focused, linear, bold nature. And your secondary energy um, becomes a big part of your, you know, it can it can overpower your dominant. And we'll get into that in a minute when I start to look at the three top reasons and a bonus reason I feel are the reason we can get stuck in that. I am a byproduct of over an overdeveloped secondary energy, I believe, that uh, was the case. And I'll refer to my own experience when we talk about this. So today, let's start again with a success story. And this mom called in a few weeks ago. I remember her situation. She's a type two mom. And the scenario she was dealing with is her daughter was experiencing her type one daughter, who's from my recollection, around eight, nine years old, was having social anxiety. Now that seemed a little bit off to me that a type one would have social anxiety. So either she mistyped her child or something else was going on. So re- let me read to you what she said to me and her, her follow-up. Recently, I called in and shared about my, it was her four-year-old type one daughter struggling to be social. With your help, I realized that what was causing it was my own worry. I'm a type two. I started to let go of my worry and I'm changing my beliefs, having confidence that she naturally knows how to be social. The change in just a few days has been enormous. We had a guest over for dinner this week and my daughter was happily chatting to her about all sorts of things, something she would not have done just a few weeks ago. I had previously been pulling so much effort, putting so much effort into getting her to be more social and nothing worked. It's amazing to see how much influence my beliefs were having on the situation. Thank you for helping me realize where the problem was stemming from. It has made such a difference and I know that this is just the beginning of being able to be her own naturally social, happy uh, 
self with others. Thank you, Type 2 Mom, for sharing. Annie, I'll be sending you a signed copy of the Child Whisper as we do each week. We share a signed autograph copy of my best-selling parenting book, The Child Whisper, for sharing your success story. And as I say, in the Child Whispering world, and that's true for adults as well, that when you allow something to happen naturally versus efforting it, when it's true to your nature, things just align and things happen with more grace and ease as we see in this child's example. Now let's get into our topic for the day, how we can, uh, how children overdevelop your secondary en- their secondary energy and how you might have overdeveloped your secondary energy that you're still, you know, working that out now that you know your dominant type. And I often hear adults say, not often, but one of the, the more common I wouldn't say it's the norm, but I'll have this reference quite a bit where people say, I have a really strong secondary. And I think, well, you've either overdeveloped it or it is your true nature and you're not embracing it. You're, you're still masquerading, thinking your, your secondary is your dominant because it's not safe to go to that core self because that core self was shamed unknowingly as a child. Now, the first reason that a child could overdevelop their secondary is just by default, the parent does not recognize and support their dominant energy type, which is the case of most parenting in the world. Parents will just naturally parent true to their dominant energy unknowingly. You go with what's the most natural for you. So let's say you're a type four parent with a type one child. Your preferences are going to be around structure, having things very... um, thought through, orderly, uh, consistency, and your child then is so adaptable that your child will, and it's you're in the child's effort to get parent validation, will just go along, and there's not the nurturing of the dominant energy. If a type 2 parent, if I, in my case, my type 2 mom did not know my type 3 energy was more more substantial, more take risks, more take on challenges. And she would get nervous about that. And and my father was an actually a very wounded dominant type three. So that didn't look good to me. You know, I don't want to be like my my angry, volatile father. That if that's what type three energy represented. So I hung a lo- out a lot in my secondary energy as a child. I asked my mom several years ago, what was I like when I was five and six years old? And she said, Oh, you were so responsible. You just were so obedient. I looked at her and I went, well, mom, I was wounded. You know, I wasn't safe to be my true self. It was too high risk. And so my parents didn't have the advantage of knowing my dominant energy. They would, by default, you know, just, we were in a highly dysfunctional space. Our our family's not a good reference because we were the, 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 the family with a lot of issues, but, uh, family with just average issues see your parent your parents are going to default to their dominant energy type and the status quo of parenting which is do what I say because I'm the parent parenting has been a hierarchical system for many years we're birthing ourselves out of that the child whisperer is helping all of us do that so that we can live true to who we are and respect and honor each other and become you know really engaged in our parenting effort from an intuitive place rather than a place of fear-based and shame-based parenting through discipline the second reason, an excessive, an excessive amount of requiring them to perform tasks and disciplines that encourage development of their secondary energy and their personality traits and habits. 
and an imbalance that does not allow them to develop naturally to their dominant energy. And I wrote about this in a blog post um, recently on the Child Whisper blog at thechildwhisper.com. Are you managing a household or raising a child? And so in your effort to manage your household and your domestic world, you could just be more attentive to what needs to be done and enrolling your children in different activities, chores, homework, routines. What does the family system look like as far as the overall energy of the family? What's your energetic ecosystem like? And you could profile your family. Does it allow your child's dominant energy to be expressed effortlessly? Does it get uh, encouraged? Are you enrolling, you know, in the tasks at hand and the things that they do, the doings of life? Are you supporting them in developing their habits, their personality traits, their approach to what they do in life, true to their nature. They'll be more cooperative if you do that, and they'll actually be more successful to want to repeat it because they are being supported in moving through life, true to their movement, not uh, a secondary movement. And so they'll move to, if their true nature is not being honored and recognized, and that's the third point, giving praise and validation to behavioral tendencies and traits expressed from their primary versus their secondary energy. So if you're not validating consistently their true nature, you're making things so fun to your type one child. I love how you lighten up doing the dishes. You really just make it more playful. I'm grateful for how sensitive you are to how I'm feeling to your type two child. I'm so grateful that you care about your your friends or that the the feelings and mood of the home to your type three child. Wow, you really just go for it. You know, you love to take on a challenge. I love your determined nature to your type four child. I'm sure you've thought this through. You're so good at being thorough. You know, these are validations. What in your language validates? Go to your word list in the in the child whisper. I even have on the childwhisper.com you can find a page called more resources book resources it's called it's a tab called book resources you'll see that you can print out the the word list for your children's type use that use it as your cheat sheet script some things for yourself are you using words in your praise and validation of them that dom that 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 validate their dominant type if not children don't see who they are they don't trust it they fall into their secondary energy More than anything, children just want to be praised and validated. That's a human need we have, a developmental need, especially between birth and eight years old, being emotionally validated. By the time we're eight, if that hasn't happened uh, predictably and consistently, we'll not trust who we are. We'll start to default to secondary energies. Why do we move to the secondary energy? Because it's just the most next available expression that's in us naturally. These things are not created by us. It's our human nature. It's a God-given creation in us. So we're going to default to the most second, the, the next level. Some of you may have gone to your tertiary energy, the third one down, because it was so unsafe to even in any way show up and be yourself. Now, in my observation of my grandchildren, their secondaries developed pretty, you know, they're developing as they are nurtured to the different, as their parents know them, they are nurtured and validated appropriately. But I can see that when we're born in this world, that we're really true to our type. We really are, when given the chance to be who we are, 
that secondary is a secondary and our dominant energy is meant to be the most prevalent. So I'm going to give you the bonus one. I'm going to say goodbye to my, um, to my Facebook audience. You can continue listening. Just click on the link that you see in the copy and you can subscribe again if you want to subscribe to my Facebook channel. Just click in the upper right corner and you can subscribe so you get notified that I'm going live. But we're going to go continue the conversation. I've got some great questions that have come in today and you're going to want to keep listening and you can subscribe on iTunes at iTunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. So Goodbye to the Facebook Live audience. Thanks for tuning in today. Now the bonus, uh, why do we, why do children overdevelop their secondaries and adults? Well, the bonus is, which just that we live in an emotionally unsafe home environment with a lot of yelling, a lot of conflict, and it's not safe to be us. There's just the disharmony and the contention that's felt and the stress that the children feel that will just subconsciously uh, move out of our dot. We won't feel like we can be ourselves. It's not safe to be myself. And so you've got to really look at that. You may think, you know, well, my home's okay. It's not that, you know. So on it, you know, in a given week, if you were to rate that in your life, how, if you had a, a, a rating of your calm, how often does your home feel calm, settled, predictable versus rushed, stressed, argumentative, like you're refereeing your children all the time that they're just, you know, in conflict with each other. What's the mood of your home and how do you shift that? Well, I'm going to give you an easy energy technique that you can do in the morning. It's called Heaven Rushing In. I learned this from Donna Eden, the best-selling author of Energy Medicine. The uh, You can bring in the, the energy of heaven. Don't try and do this on your own to shift your, your, your home environment energy. Ask for God's help. You need to shift it with God's help. So you stand up, put your hands on your thighs, palms down, and you ground yourself. Imagine energy running down your legs, and you see it pushing into the earth. Now put your hands in prayer position in front of your chest. This is your heart chakra. Take a deep breath. Spread your feet about shoulder length so that they're aligned with your shoulders. They're about that far apart in their width. And now raise your hands up, create a Y, and turn your chin up, looking up towards heaven, and imagine heaven pouring down. And imagine, do this in your home, and it pouring down into your home. Invite your angels to come in and ask for the energies of heaven to rush into your home. And then repeat this intention. I am experiencing more calm, loving, harmonious energy in our family system and home environment. Invite it in. Anytime you feel the discord stirring up, the disharmony getting um, perpetuated, you could have everybody in the family do this. Children, we need God's help. I choose to create a loving, harmonious environment where everybody feels safe to be their true self and have everybody shoot their arms up and say, thank you, God, for blessing us. And imagine just the energy of the heavens pouring into your home, into your heart, and you pull it in. 
And then do figure eights between everybody. And that's just extend your, I have this on the Carol blog, a video, um, how to do figure eights. It's a connection exercise and it will connect everybody's energy harmoniously. So you just put your palms towards your chest and uh, your fingers kind of pointing towards each other. And you're going to, you're going to do a sideways figure eight. So go up and down the intersection of the eight down out you're pushing your hands out up and down and then you're just doing a figure eight so we're sideways reaching out from you and you're just doing like up and down back up down you're just curving them it's really easy to do ah that will help shift that energy and as you're creating a safe family environment and then you're adding praise and validation to your children True to their type, the words very specific to them, you're going to honor your child's true nature and allow them to lead with that and not have to overdevelop their secondary energy. Let's go with our first email question that came in. This mom writes in, when I first found energy profiling, I thought I was a type one. But when I read the child whisperer, I realized I'm a type two. I still struggle with reverting back to secondary type one. As a child, I was shy and my type one mom didn't like it. When I was about eight, I started to be more outgoing. My mom was so proud of me because I had come out of my shell. And now I find that my type one son often acts like a type four, which is his secondary. I've heard you say sometimes kids will take on their parents' energy when they are young. Do you think he is doing this or is he tapping into his secondary energy because of my example of running my secondary energy? Well, I love your example of, again, this gives light to what I just taught on how do we overdevelop our secondary, that your mom didn't like, she thought it was a weakness. She thought your type two energy was a weakness, a flaw. So she called you shy. Drop that label. There are no labels of a shaming quality in my world of parenting. You had a introverted, moving inward, subtle energy. You had a subtleness, not a shyness. So right away, you got to release yourself from that label. It's okay to be my soft, subtle self with an inward moving energy. And you are all, you know, you are social, you are interactive, you are capable of moving out into this world in a social capacity, connecting with others true to your nature. You're successful at that in. So it's being successful in the activities of your life true to your nature. And so of course, yes, your eight-year-old, that child, let's see, um, he I'm going to make sure I've got the age here correctly. I don't know if you gave me. Yeah, eight, he's, he's a, oh, you were eight. So, yeah, your, your child's showing you that this pattern is common in the family system. And, again, you just want to support with the, the different strategies I shared. Use your, your words. Use his type one words to validate him. And then support him in going about his chores and tasks, leading with his type 1 energy with the secondary 4 to support that. How can he have a more light, fun, and free approach to life? And I think you're already on your way to shifting this, and your insights are already apparent. So good job on that, Mom, and for shifting it for yourself. I've got the phone lines open. If you want to call in, press 1 if you want to speak to me on a live call today. Uh, we are hosting the Because We Love You sale. And I don't know. Maybe that ends today. I'm not sure when that ends. But let's give away 
a life stressing your truth um, monthly lifestyle membership to a lucky caller today. We'll have you email parenting at live your truth if you're the lucky winner to get a to receive a membership in our dressing your truth DYT lifestyle. This is our kind of expanded dressing your truth experience that you get to evolve even more fully, living your truth and confidence and creating personal style. That's really the focus of the lifestyle. There's a lot of content in there that we're that is lifestyle only content and you're going to love it. I highly recommend it for all of you. It's only it's a right now at the time of this broadcast, it's only $12.95 a month and you can uh Keep it as long as you want. It's a reoccurring payment. Very inexpensive for all the value that you get in that. Really great content in there. So let me take my next email question and we'll come. We see, I see on my switchboard, we've got some callers calling in and I'll come back to you in a moment. The next question came in from a type one mom of a 10 year old type three daughter. Her type three daughter has a secondary two energy. As a baby, she was a typical type three. When she was two and a half, her father and I got divorced, and I had to go back to work full-time. At this point, she became clingy, whiny, type two. She no longer dances and sings spontaneously, would prefer to sit in her bedroom alone and read. She constantly says she doesn't have enough time with me, even though at this point, I only work outside the home one day a week. My question is, do I continue to try to honor her type three needs and her type two needs, or do I try to explain her type three tendencies and help her to focus on that. I don't want to wound her further. She's old enough for you to read the type three section in the child whisper to her and be honest with her and say, when your dad and I, you know, it's not, there's a, a dynamic with divorce you have to address here that it's not her fault. Every child that has a divorced scenario in their life just automatically takes on a belief that somehow they contributed to that decision. If they had been different, if they hadn't been, in her case, her type three self, maybe she subconsciously thinks I was too loud, I was too pushy, I caused too much stress. Because I imagine her first two and a half years of life were pretty tumultuous with the fact that at two and a half, you were divorcing. And so things get, you know, pretty you don't just wake up one day and say, okay, let's end this marriage. You probably had a good two and a half years or more leading up to that. So you, you know, she came in with some real issue, you know, her first two and a half years were wounding to her. So go, you know, healing sessions would be good where you could be the um, surrogate for her, meaning you can run the clearing, you can clear this for her. You can do a visualization and go to her two-and-a-half-year-old and tell her it's not her fault. I think you need to tell her 10-year-old self that as well. It's not her fault. It's safe to be your true self. Um, mom and dad take responsibility for the relationship and get into, you know, be honest to the point that she can feel relief. And what is she sad about? What are you sad about? She's sad about something. You seem sad. Tell me what you're sad about and then listen and then say, tell me more and then listen and then validate her sadness. I can see why that that seems, you know, you have a good reason to be sad. Don't try and fix the sadness. The sadness will fix itself as it get expressed. 
That's the thing with emotion is we allow expression of it. It fixes itself because it, the energy comes back into alignment. You don't have allowing her to express her sadness will be the key to her healing her sadness. But I see a sad little type three little girl who two things go back, visualize, invite her two and a half year old into the light, tell her you're there for her. And it's not her fault that she um, mom and dad got divorced. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got, hi, you're on the air, Leanna. You're a type two yes. mom. Yes, hi. I am. Have you gone through the Dressing um, Your Truth course? I'm sorry? Do you own the Dressing Your Truth course? I do not. Oh, what? <laughs> I don't. Why not? I'm cur- I'm really curious. I'm just, I mean, not to put you on the spot. I'm just curious. Is that something you'd like to have? Sure. I I mean, I've just, I've only read Child Whisper as far as, so far in my energy profiling experience. <laughs> so um, I have heard of it. I just, I haven't looked into it yet. Well, I will make that easy for you. I'm going to give you a type two dressing your truth course today since she's our, that's the next step for really loving yourself. It's a great program. So email parenting at liveyourtruth.com and um, just share your name and contact him and your shipping ad or just say you won the course, DYT course, and they'll set you up. So you're calling in about a one-year-old not sleeping through the night, a type one? Yes, I am. Yes. So he has gone through phases where he slept really well um, he's never really slept through the night before, um, but he's had phases where he has slept pretty long stretches before waking up. Um, but the last, like, three or four months, he's just had a really hard time um, sleeping through the night. We've tried lots of different things. We've tried co-sleeping. We've tried um, we've tried crying it out, and co-sleeping definitely doesn't work. Crying it out works, yeah. but it's doesn't seem like it's a permanent solution for him. Do you know why um, co-sleeping doesn't work for your type 1 child? Because he wants to play. <laughs> no, it's wants too to much socialize. contact. It's, yeah. yeah, and it's like your energy is just cumbersome. There's just like, it's right. just like too much of it. What type right. is and, dad? Uh, I think he's a type 3. Okay. I'm not 100% sure on him. Um, but from reading, this reading Child Whisper, a lot of things in the Type 3 section echo what I see in him. Uh-huh. Well, you know, part of it is you're you're trying to make it happen, and it's become a quite a serious matter. You've made it a big deal. And okay. anytime you make something a big deal, it feels heavy to a Type 1 <laughs> human because they're feeling this stress this this is a big deal this is not fun anymore not to say it's fun for you but see your type one child can't be reasoned with and if you're attempting to reason with your type one child that's just a missed effort because they don't have the (laughs) conscious thinking mind to be able to reason with you um how do you meet your child do you meet them with stress i mean i talked about this in the last couple shows that uh, the mom that called in with the sleeping issue 
was very much um, doing the same thing that the child immediately felt that, you know, the energy was really tense. And so that's going to provoke their response to you to be one of stress. And that does not allow you to go into, there are four brainwave states, uh, um, alpha, theta, there's beta, alpha, theta, delta, and we're only asleep in delta. See, so you want to try and allow the brain to go into a um, slower brainwave state. Interestingly, for a type one child, if you meet them with too much slower movement, in the response to getting them to sleep or your stressful response, they'll go back into beta because they're now in um, fight and flight, which is I'm in trouble, I feel the stress, and now i got to react to that. And so, you know, listen to, I'm not sure if it was last week or the week before, but I answered another. Do you listen to the podcast or are you new to this? I'm new to this. (laughs) Yeah, there's a lot of content for you to start listening to to understand yourself and that um, I've got I've got a uh, episode on is co-sleeping benefit a benefit or a detriment to your child I go into other things why type ones that's not and other strategies there for you to consider and since you're new to this I encourage you to keep learning and understand that when things get stressful your type, you're, you're get, they're going to get um, stirred up if it doesn't feel light and free. That doesn't mean it's playing all the time. You got to understand that. Right. It doesn't mean we're always having a game here. It means that <laughs> you just be pleasant. You be pleasant. Have a smile on your face right. when you come in. Your child wants to see a smile on your face more than anything. Hi, honey. Okay, okay. it's all right. You know, if you're feeling like I have to discipline him to get him to sleep, he, you're, you're, you're teaching. This is um, behavioral training, and he's only one. And I guarantee you, he'll be sleeping through the night um, by the time he's 10. <laughs> I mean, you got to think big picture here. It's like, like even with potty training, I tell people, well, he won't be walking around in a diaper when he's 20. You know, it will happen. <laughs> this is going to happen. So thanks for calling in. Email for your free giveaway. And uh, I just think you're still too early. You need to learn more about the whole idea of having a type 1 child and how to do things a little different all the way around in your day-to-day life with this child. Got Jamie calling in, who's a type 3 mom, and you have a 3-year-old type 3, 6-year-old type 1. How do you teach them to be quiet? when loud is inappropriate. Yes. What, what's the setting? Um, well, a lot of times it's church, but specifically this weekend we went to a funeral for my grandfather, and I only got to sit in the actual room where the funeral was taking place for about four minutes. Um, yeah, yeah. Thankfully, okay, well, what, you do, what, what you do with that, what you do with that, because they're, they're three years old and six years old, you either take turns as parents. You can't expect them at their types and ages to sit through a funeral. Right. That's just an, an unreasonable expectation. 
So you got to create another strategy. Do you hire someone that helps, you know, did did they need to be there for one? If yes, you felt theirs correct that they be there, then you you enroll somebody that's an extended friend, like a friend, an adult, to come with you to help you. It's a a family member's funeral. I think they'd be happy to do that and say, you know, my kids just aren't going to sit through this. Will you take them out and will you take care of them? So I can okay. really be present. So you come up with a different strategy that that's creative that allows. That just you got to be honest about the scenario. Now I do have a video on the child whisper that I interviewed a mom that she has some very clever. It's a type three mom, and we'll yeah, I think I've seen that. To, yeah, so you got to employ those strategies of of kind of engaging them in activities. And now you're six year old old enough, but what's happening here is you're getting pulled out by your three year old type three. So the six year old's getting away with stuff because the seven right, child exactly. is creating a lot of need for your attention. That the six year old's old enough to start learning to sit still and be quiet in settings. You know, I'd say at least for thirty, you know, thirty, thirty five, forty, I'd grow it. See, and I'd do it in increments. I would even make it a game. For your type one child, your your type three three year old, that's just a you know good. You gotta you do your best until it's expired, and then you gotta remove the child. It's just the way it is when they're only three years old. But you've got to divide this with mom and dad because if you're managing both six year old and three year old, the three year old's taking more of your attention. The one the six year old type one's getting away with a lot because you're not there to Mm -hmm. support her behavioral training of learning to sit still. Yeah, yeah. My husband has been having some anxiety lately and didn't feel like he could handle going to a funeral. And same thing with church a lot of times. Sometimes he just can't handle it, and I'm like, I can't do it by myself. So it sounds like I just need to find somebody else to help. (laughs) Yeah, and I also also have a one-year-old. I also have a one-year-old, and so she has been staying home with Dad a lot. But for the funeral, I felt like they all needed to be there. So. Yeah, I don't know. I'd probably wouldn't take. I don't. I if I would have either not taken the two younger ones and, or had support, knowing this is I'm yeah. over my head. I thought here. I was going to get support from my other family members, and I had one sister who tried, but she has a baby. Yeah, no, herself, I would. So I, I would really needed more. <laughs> but they needed to be there for their for the family. You don't want to. You, right. you, you it would have been best to have a friend that wanted to just serve you in this way and ask them to come and they would have done that for you because you don't want to call on your family like that in a family situation like this. Yeah. Right. Because it's taking them away from being present with, and and they're kind of feel, they'll feel resentful for that reason. So you just, you're still believing as a type three, I can do this and you can't. So be honest and you got to look at these situations and, and come up with different strategies. Children can, all types of children can learn to sit quiet when it's appropriate. It's based on their, it'll be different for a type one child. They will be older in being able to successfully learn that behavior. A type four child will learn that much younger. And it's just the nature of their movement. And so pray about that for your own children. What's the appropriate time for my child or really for me to enforce this, to have them support them and to reward them. Again, we tend to discipline more than reward. Well, how can you set it up for the sitting still learning that a child is learning, they're, they're succeeding, 
they grow in increments with dad. You even give them that feedback. The six-year-old could be hearing, good for you. You were quiet, appropriately quiet in this setting for 20 minutes. You know, what's the fun reward? It doesn't always, it's not always an object. It's an ex just a smile on your face. Praise is a reward. Praise is a reward. That's, that can be the reward. Congratulations. A hug and a kiss can be the reward. That validation of their true selves. Rather than overshooting the mark, requiring them to sit still for 50 minutes, and then having to be disciplined the 30 minutes they couldn't pull it off. So you get it. You see what I'm saying? You're seeing what I'm seeing here, and you can successfully make this happen for your children. We've got phone lines open still. Press number one on your phone if you want to talk. Call in. And if you're new to the Child Whisper, a lot of great free content to consume. Make sure you subscribe at iTunes.com forward slash Carol Tuttle. We also have four Child Whispering Facebook groups. They're private groups that you can become a member of. Email support at liveyourtruth.com to request membership. We have them based on your children's type. So you have all types children, you could join all four private Facebook groups. You learn a lot. You have a lot of moral support. You share success stories. It's a community peer platform that you can learn and, and connect. And so that's support at liveyourtruth.com. They will help you get membership in those groups. Another email question that came in from a type three mom with a secondary two, right? So I have a question about my type four, secondary three, 10 year old son. He's the oldest of five. And the biggest concern I have right now is his attitude towards life. He gets into moods where he thinks his life is terrible. He has a hard time being positive. And if one small thing doesn't go his way, he says we are all out to make him miserable. My husband and I are out of our wits end. Since this is our oldest child, we expect him to behave in a more helpful way instead of throwing tantrums. How can we honor him but still help him to have a more positive outlook on life? Okay, a couple things. Type four, type four people are black and white. It's all or nothing. So his life's either completely miserable or it's completely amazing. So know that. Don't get so... Um, concerned about his reference. Just know he's strongly opinionated. He's quite blunt. And when things don't seem like they're fulfilling to him, then he's going to go to an extreme of saying, my entire life is miserable. Don't put so much weight on that. And then I would take off this mantle of oldest child. I don't think that's fair to oldest children. Uh, that's, I think, an old kind of family system model of saying, well, the oldest child needs, why can't everybody be an example to each other in the family? Why can't everyone be a role model? How can we be a role model? How can all your children as siblings be examples and role models to each other? But energetically, he's being cast into this, this role of responsibility with no choice. He made no choice to that. And, you know, you can invite him and invite all your children to be a role model, to set good examples to their siblings. But let's have everybody do that in the family system. Not this kind of, I think, is a, again, a hierarchical model of the oldest child has a certain responsibility. I can tell you how many times I've had private clients that I've worked with in my one-on-one -on -one coaching that uh, tell me they have what is the oldest child syndrome and they felt this huge responsibility to then cater to their parents being, 
you know, this example, and they've had to clear all that. And it stifled their own individual expression of self because they felt that they had this duty to their parents in this role. So you don't want your children to play roles of a this kind of function, the roles of um, we need you to do this so we feel better about things. And so what dysfunctional roles possibly, and you'll know what they are based on what how you reference your children and talk about them. Now, in your case, you say you're at your wits and will give yourself more end. Don't come to the end. Again, anytime that you're at a wits end, I can't deal with this anymore, I can't stand it, all of that response, he'll feel that stress and he'll feel shamed um, subconsciously for it. So give yourself don't come to the end. Remove the end. No end here. I am learning. I'm growing. I'm knowing what my son needs. I am tuning in. See, that expression just in itself closes down any answers and intuitive guidance. I, we don't know what to do. We're at our wit's end. Now, how do you two talk about it? I have a sense that you talk about it in a way that you're at your wit's end. You're annoyed. You're bothered. You can't, you know, you're creating more of what you don't want. In my book, Remembering Wholeness, I very clearly um, teach you how your conversations, your thought patterns, the things that you feel great emotion around, you add energy to it. You create that energy. Your children feel that energy, even if it's subconsciously. I'm a problem. So when he's saying I'm miserable, he's really saying um, I'm, I believe I'm making you all miserable. I'm, you know, Subconsciously, the real belief is you don't like me and I make you all miserable and I wish I wasn't here. You don't want your son believing that. You want to get more aunt, you know. You want to get, he's a 10-year-old type four boy. You can have real mature conversations with him. You can apologize that you, he, he could have heard you talk about him. You could respond to him in exasperated ways. Just say, oh, I don't know what to do with you. You know, what is, what, what is he hearing from you? Stop that kind of speech. That, that does not create open energy for inspiration and answers to come. And so bless, you know, ask for, do the heaven rushing in, rush in heaven, bring in the energy of love, bring in the energy of validation for this young man. And I think you're going to turn this around really easily. I want to thank everyone for calling in today. It's been a great show. Now, hopefully you've been able to notice some things and how you may be playing in your secondary energy more than you want. And if you can't live true to your nature, how can your children, your children aren't able to live true to their nature either. You've got to set that kind of set that precedence for everybody gets to be their true self in this family. And we're all working on it. We're all working it out. And it's, it's a challenge at times. So that's okay. We're all, we can do challenges. We like challenges. We don't want struggle, but we actually, we thrive on challenges and struggles deplete us. That's one of the opening comment um, quotes in my book, Remembering Wholeness. Uh, I can't remember exactly the exact how I penned it, but it's challenges, struggle deplete us. Struggles deplete us. Challenges help us thrive. We do like challenges. Just don't make your challenges struggle. Use those affirmations of hope and what you want. I am. I am experiencing more. What is it you want to experience more of? We're having a fun month at dressingyourtruth.com. It's makeup month. All the makeup is 10% off. And again, moms, I encourage you, if you've not yet 
giving yourself the Dressing Your Truth course, I invite you to be a part of this amazing experience of learning to dress your truth to more fully show up in the world as the beautiful, amazing woman that you are. Last week's blog post, Five Mistakes the Type 3 Mom Makes, is posted. Go read the, the summary, the written notes from the podcast. Find access to the link to the podcast there. So thanks, everyone, for tuning in. I'll be back next week with another opportunity to support you in creating a wonderful week and a wonderful month and a wonderful year and a wonderful family because you are a wonderful parent. Thanks for caring enough to listen and implement what you feel inspired to do differently that will create amazing outcomes in your family because you're seeing who you are and you're seeing who your children are. Bless you for that. I'll talk to you next week. As a teacher, healer, speaker, best-selling author of The Child Whisperer, and mother of five children, Carol Tuttle is honored to help you take the power struggle out of parenting and better understand the children in your life. If you'd like Carol to answer your question, call in next time or email your question to parenting at liveyourtruth.com. Carol invites you to learn more about the four types of children at thechildwhisperer.com and connect with her at thecarolblog.com. If you haven't read The Child Whisperer yet, get your copy through the Child Whisperer website and enjoy happier, more successful, more cooperative children.